0: We completed chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga. We are now discussing chapter 7, Gnana Vignana Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge and Wisdom. So in first six chapters, we have seen description of Tvam in Tattvamasi, the limited conditioned consciousness that I am as an individual and how it relates to the Supreme Self, the Supreme Being. And the culmination of that discourse was Dhyana Yoga. Once I have realized intellectually that I am not this limited body, mind and intellect, but I am part of that Supreme Self, so there is a natural curiosity or a tendency to know what that unlimited Self is looks like, feels like. So, I want to know that Supreme Self and therefore the prescription in chapter 6 was meditate upon that self. But right now, I don't really have any idea what is the nature of that Supreme Self. So, it is very difficult for me to meditate upon that self. Just like if I am asked to love a girl or a woman and I say, okay, but who you see, can you tell me anything about her? And the person says, no, I, I can't tell you anything about her. Where does she live? What's her name? What does she look like? I say, we know nothing about it. But I would like you to love her. I would say, it's impossible. There is no way that I can fall in love with someone who I have no idea who that person is. In the same manner, all religions tell us to love God. Love that almighty being. But then we have no real idea what that Almighty being looks like, how he functions, how I am related to him and therefore it is almost impossible to meditate upon him. There is no way that my mind can focus on an entity which is no description because all scriptures tell us that he is gunatita, he is beyond any characteristics. The who is Bhagawan is a Bhagawan cannot be explained. Every Upanishad. Every scripture, every religion tells us the same thing, that the God cannot be described. The words cannot reach there. Neither can your imagination go there. So then, this certainly is is a futile effort for me to meditate upon that entity of which no one can give any definitive indication of what that entity is all about. Even though we have learned six chapters in Bhagavad Gita, it only talked about who I am, how confused I am, and who I am not. I am not this body, I am not this mind, I am not this intellect. But then who I am, I am still not very clear. So Bhagavan said, contemplate upon that self, and thou shall come to know that self. But now my problem is, how to contemplate and meditate? Unless I have an idea what I am trying to achieve, there is no way I can achieve it. So last chapter Bhagavan closed with the declaration that Yoginam Api sarvesam Madgatena Antaratmana saddhavan Bhajate Yomam Same Yukatamu Mataha even among all the yogis he who full of faith with his inner self merged into me, and then worships me, according to me, he is the greatest yogi. So he said, you merge into me, that me, Bhagwan refers to as his own self, as the supreme being, supreme self which is unconditioned by any limitations. Our normal intellectual conclusion would be, this may be a good idea but not achievable. So therefore, every time we try to meditate upon anything, our mind runs away because the mind wants a definite, a finite entity to focus on. It cannot focus on nothingness. That which is not described, I cannot focus on it. So the chapter seventh through nine gives indications, Upadesha, pointing place closer to that goal. As we have learnt in Vedanta, that Guru can only give you indication what your goal is and how to reach there. A road map. But you will only experience that when you reach there. I want to go to New York. I have all the description of where New York is. Somebody has pointed out and I have a road map. But nobody can describe New York experience, what I will experience when I reach there. They can only point out and say, I have never been to New York. What is it like? He says, have you been to Mumbai? Says, yeah, I've been to Mumbai. Well, it is something like that. New York is like Mumbai, but much greater and much glorious. But nobody can describe what it, it feels like when you're in New York, unless you go to New York yourself. So all the scriptures describe what it feels like when you become one with that entity but they cannot describe what the entity is. The scriptures give us Upadesha. Upadesha means pointing place nearby. Something closer to that we can point out. So it gives example that on the map, which house, the one next to the yellow mark. The yellow mark is the pointer next to the house which I am trying to find. These chapters 7, 8 and 9 gives us many, many, many pointers to get to be closest to the place we have to go. It will be our own efforts that will give us the entry into that. The first segment of Thvam culminated into Dhyana Yoga. And now in the chapter 7 and 9 will give us what to contemplate upon. The identity of that Supreme Self. Identity is not the Supreme Self. But identity can give me a road map how to get there. Bhagwan, without stopping, continues his dialogue in chapter seven, and he says, "Mai Manaha partha yogam mad Up till now, I really have doubt whether I can ever reach there. Bhagwan reassures us with an opening statement. I told you to have your inner self merge into me, that I will tell you how, with your mind attached to me, Mai Asaktamanaha. Swamiji points out here that now onwards, any time Bhagwan uses the word mind, it is not that Sankalpa Vikalpat Manaha, which Bhagwan Sankaracharya describes in Tatva, that which is vacillating between whether this or that, to be or not to be. This mind is integrated with the intellect, which is following intellect's guidance. Intellect has already concluded that I am not this body, I am not this mind, not the intellect. From the description we have learned in Chapter 2, I am something other than this. But right now, I am that body-mind-intellect continuum. That's the only thing my consciousness can identify as me. One said, I will tell you how. Mayyasakta manaha, your mind attached to me, the Supreme. O Partha, practicing yoga and taking refuge in me. Have that faith that I will take you there. I will make you realize your own supreme nature. Without doubt, O Sansayam. Without doubt. There is no doubt that I will be able to tell you how to get there. There is no doubt that you will be able to get there. So Vedanta gives all of us reassurance. Each one of us is eligible to get liberation. Not only that, each one of us will get liberation. There is no doubt in Vedanta that every individual will be liberated. When? Not now. Ah oh, sansayam, without any doubt, Samagram in the totality of that supreme self and its all glory, its omnipresence, its omniscience and omnipotency, you will know the supreme self in its completeness. Samagram Yathagnasya. How you shall know that? I will tell you, so listen to it. So, Swamiji points out, hearing is different than listening. For hearing, you require ear, functioning ear. But for listening, you require attentive mind. If you listen to me attentively, how one can get from this finite self to infinite self, I will tell you without any doubt that you shall get there with my instructions with give That's an reassurance to Arjuna that this is not any futile effort. Sometimes we get onto a project but know that we may never get there. So our heart will not be there, our efforts will not be there. Unless I'm certain that I can get there, I will not be able to put my full efforts into it. But once again, I'm assuring you, listen to me and you will experience this in its full glory, each and every one of you because gnanam te aham vignanam idam i will tell you the knowledge and its application in totality i will not leave anything behind so we can say that the- theoretical physics is knowledge but applied physics is vignana quantum mechanics is a theoretical knowledge but If somebody makes a quantum computer, that's an application of that quantum mechanics, which was a knowledge. Unless I have the knowledge and its application, the knowledge is not of much value. Till somebody comes around and uses the knowledge to apply. Electricity invented many, 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 I guess, centuries ago. But when somebody came around to use it, to have their light bulbs and all the things, the gadgets we use, it became science. It becomes applied knowledge. Bhagavan said, not only that this knowledge, so right now we thought this all this knowledge about Bhagavan is in the books and some sages come and talk about it and we all have to believe because we have no way of knowing that they are bluffing or not. Bhagwan said, no, no, you shall know because I will tell you the application of it, not just the theoretical knowledge. I will teach you how to apply that in your life. Gita for daily living. How can you apply the knowledge? Then also I will teach it. Vakshavi asyesataha. I will not leave anything behind. There will not be any secret. Yat gnatva na iha bhooyaha anya gnatavyam avasishyate. Having known that, once you know the theory and its application in its totality, Bhagavan said there won't be anything there to be known. If I'm a particle physicist and if I figured out all the particles in the world, then I don't really have to know. So people thought that the Schrodinger's equation defined the entire world. Then they found out there was not really a complete theory. There are many things which are still out there which we do not know. Like dark matter, dark energy, whether it is there, it is not there, we do not know. But once say, no, no, in this case, once you know... This nature of yourself, there won't be anything there to be known. Having known that, you will not have any need to know anything else. Yajnatva na iha Nothing more here remains to be known. Manushyanam sahasreshu kaschit yatiti yatatam But it is not going to be easy. Do not take it very lightly, that Bhagavan will tell me, I'll be very comfortably listening. And then, once that lesson is complete, I'll be done, I'll apply it right away, and I'll be liberated. I will know what that Supreme Self is. He said, no, it's going to be a long journey. Because many people, Manushyanam Sahasresu Kaschit Yatati Siddhaye After knowing this knowledge, those who have come to appreciate it intellectually. Out of thousands of people who have learned Vedas and Vedanta, very few even try to apply it. Because it seems so vast and unattainable that sometimes I feel just satisfied that at least I know about it. I wanted to know what's in the Upanishads, I figured out good enough for me. And I stopped right there. So Kaschit yatati Very rare one will try to apply that in his life or her life. Yatatam siddhanam kaschinam And those who try to apply that, some rare one will reach to the finish line to realize that self. So this almost seems discouraging. But it's actually Bhagawan is encouraging you that your quest is so noble that unless you diligently pursue it, there are all kinds of obstacles in your path to stop you. So without getting discouraged by all the obstacles which you will encounter, you have to continue on that journey and try to overcome every obstacle that you come across. Your mind will doubt whether this is right or wrong. Your intellect will start questioning. But if you overcome all those obstacles, and you're assured that if you follow this path diligently, you will get there. I start from Richmond to go to New York, and there may be many obstacles. There are toll booths come, I may not have the right change, my pass may not work, there will be traffic jams, there will be detours. But if I overcome all of them diligently, eventually I will reach New York. That was guaranteed when I started. So Bhagwan said, if you follow this Upadesha which I will give you, the pointers which I will give you, how to get there, and a the road map that you create out of that, people who have followed that have reached there. Now Bhagwan starts giving pointers. The verse 4 gives us his first indication where to find him. Because our complaint is, everybody says, Bhagwan is there, but I never meet Him. I never come across Him. I never have any proof that He exists. Bhagwan says, you see me every day. You are not just recognizing me. So where do you see me? First, identification of Bhagawan. He said, where can you find me? He said, you can find me anywhere and everywhere in this world. Because my manifest Prakriti has eight manifestations that you can experience through your senses. The five great elements which we all learnt before Bhumihi, Apaha, Analaha, vayu kam. Earth, water, fire, air and space the new physics can give you new definition and new particles but our receives have attached this to our own experience through our senses through our senses we detect the world of earth solid material apaha liquid water Analaha, fire air and space in corresponding sense objects, the sparsa, rupa, and gandha, which are my experiences, the sound, touch, form, taste and smell. My world is made up of these five experiences. There are five fields of experiences outside, which I experience every day. And Bhagavan says that, that is nothing but my own prakriti. But you are experiencing them through Manaha, buddhihi, Evacha, ahankara. Five are outside of me and three are inside of me. My mind, my intellect and my sense of doership. Without these three, my world of objects and experience does not exist. My world is made up of my mental perception and the interpretation by my intellect. And then my ego is deciding that I am the perceiver, feeler, thinker. I perceive this world outside. I feel these emotions and I figure out what my experiences are. Bhagawan said that's nothing but my own prakriti, my own eightfold prakriti. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at Neil or at chinmayarichmond.org Thank you. Om Sarve bhavantu sukhina. Sarve Santu Niramayaha, Sarve Bhadraani Pashyantu Ma Kaschidduk Bhagbave, Om Shantihi, 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 Harihi Om Shri.